Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Redlands campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Hey, uh, I want to start tonight with a confession. When uh, Sam asked me if I would preach the uh, May 5 p.m. service, I was a little disappointed when I opened my Bible and I realized what commandment we were up to. See, as part of our 5 p.m. series, we're preaching through the Ten Commandments and we've covered the first three. We've, uh, we've done that you shall have no other gods. We've done you shall not make uh, for yourself an idol. And last month, Sam looked at the commandment, you shall not take the Lord's name in vain. And so when I opened my Bible and I kind of counted through, I knew we'd done the first three and all of a sudden we were at number four. I read it and I was a little disappointed. See, uh, commandment number four, which we're gonna unpack tonight, is all about the Sabbath. And the reason I was disappointed was because this is one that I'd say out of all of them, I probably have the least experience with. It's the one that I kind of haven't, Uh, followed as strictly as some of the rest. See, in a couple of months' time, we'll do do not murder. Like I could, you know, get up here and confidently say, hey guys, do not murder. I haven't done it myself. Don't do it either. Like I could have that one covered. Even next month is you shall honor your mother and father. Like I feel like um, I could tell you stories about times when I didn't do that and the times I got in trouble as a kid, but also I could encourage you in what that looks like. But we're up to the commandment about the Sabbath. And uh, I want to tell you tonight, as we open God's Word and we look at this, I am a learner in this. See, if I was to be honest, I'd say that up until this point, I kind of followed that, that commandment by just telling myself that I ticked the box of I'm at church on a Sunday. That's kind of, you know, I'm at church on a Sunday, I've honored the Sabbath, right? But the truth is, as I've opened God's Word and I've looked at what the Sabbath is, I've realized that this is one that I have not been following, that this is one that is so rich and is a gift from God, yet it's one that I've probably put to the side. And so I'm standing here tonight confessing that I'm absolutely no expert in this. But I hope that tonight, as we open God's word and we look at what he has to say about the Sabbath, that we will all be encouraged Some of you in this room may have practiced the Sabbath for a long time, and if that's the case, I honor you in uh, setting that time aside in your week. But if you, like me, are not used to instilling a rhythm of Sabbath in your life, I hope that you are encouraged as we look to God's Word tonight. See, we live in a society and a culture that is busier than ever before. In 2022, we wear busyness as a badge of honor. And when someone asks us how our week has been or what have we been up to, the sentence that we reply with often involves the word busy. Work consumes our lives, school, university, and study consume our weeks. And we live in a constant state of emails and phone calls and to-do lists and chores and jobs and text messages. We're overwhelmed, we're overworked, we're tired, anxious, angry. Our relationships can suffer from time to time. Our immune systems are worn down. Our energy levels are at an all-time low. We are running on empty and we need rest. Corey Tenboom has uh, said this quote, which I find really personally challenging. 
If the devil cannot make us bad, he will make us busy. If the devil cannot make us bad, he will make us busy. When was the last time you stopped work? When you ceased from doing and just rested? When you sat in creation and just enjoyed what God has put around you? When you hung out with your family just for the sake of enjoying their company? When you put away the phones, when you stop the chores and the to-do list, and when was the last time you just sat and rested? If you're anything like me, you might be confronted by that question. You might be able to think back over the past week, over the past month, even this year so far, and realize that you've stopped to sleep because your body needs that. We can't you know, go all year without any sleep. And that you've had times where you've chilled on the couch, maybe you've binged a Netflix series or two or 10 this year so far. But have you truly rested? Have you taken up the invitation to Sabbath as God intended? And as I said before, remembering the Sabbath has not been a regular part in my life. And I'm here tonight as no expert in this topic, but as one eager to learn. And my hope that is that we that is as we unpack scripture, we will all be encouraged by this idea of the Sabbath. So what is Sabbath and what does the scripture have to say about it? We're going to start back right at the very beginning. We're going to look at Genesis. Genesis is the first book of the Bible and the first chapter is dedicated to telling the story of creation. We read about what God has created. We read about him creating light and dark and water and sky and day and night and animals and humankind. And after a really busy six days, God rests. We can uh, read about creation, as I said, in Genesis. And if you've got your Bibles, I encourage you to turn to Genesis chapter 2 with me. But the passage is also going to be up on the screen. Genesis 2 Verse 2 and 3 says, By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. After six days of creating the universe, God rested. And in doing so, he built this rhythm into creation itself. Now, this is the God who doesn't need to sleep eight hours a night when we're sleeping. This is the God who doesn't book in annual leave and take a holiday, you know, to the beach or to an island just to turn off for a couple of weeks every year. It's a God who doesn't even need a weekend two out of every seven days, but it's God that demonstrated to us this idea of rest. The creator of the universe rested. And this word rested, if we translate it, um, in the English we write the word rested, but it comes from this Hebrew word Shabbat, which is where we get the Sabbath from today. And this is what it means. It means to stop, to cease, to be complete, and to celebrate. After creating the world, God stopped work and he celebrated in what he had done. It wasn't a day to do more or get more. 
It was a day to enjoy what was. God worked and then God rested. He wove this rhythm into the fabric of creation. So what does it look like for us to work and to rest? When we Sabbath, we enjoy the fruit of our labor. We enjoy the work that we have done and we delight in God and his creation. We celebrate and we worship. The creator of the world wove this rhythm into creation and he invites us to join him in this partnership of work and rest. So this idea of Shabbat or the Sabbath as we know it is introduced in Genesis. And then we read about it again in Exodus. In Exodus 20, we can read about the Ten Commandments and that's what we're going through across this year at our 5 p.m. service. These are the Ten Commandments that God gives Moses for the people of Israel and the Sabbath is the focus of the fourth one and we're going to read it tonight. It's actually the longest of all of the commandments. It takes up the most real estate. And this is what it says in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 to 11. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do Uh, You shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in the six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy." So here's this Sabbath, which we saw God take as part of creation, formally given to the nation of Israel for strict observation. This was given to them as a command. This was a law that they had to follow. What did the people of Israel need to do? They needed to remember the Sabbath. That was the phrase in the commandment, remember the Sabbath. And how were they to do this? By keeping it holy. They were to work six days and rest one. And on that day of rest, they were to keep it holy. They were to cease uh, and stop all work. They were to dedicate a day of honor and worship to God. They were to delight in him and the glory of his works. On one hand, this day of rest would have been such a gift to the people of Israel. No other people group at that time were given a day of rest, a day to cease work and a day to just delight in the work that they had done and the work of their creator. But on the other hand, this idea of giving up a day of work required faith on their behalf. They needed to trust that God would provide. See, six days of work had to be enough for them to plant their crops, gather the harvest, store water, spin the cloth, and work on building weapons. Because when they rested one day in each week, the nations around them continued to work. They continued to gather food and water and create weapons. They had to have faith in God's provision. God demonstrated the Sabbath himself at creation, and here he is instituting it as law for the Israelites as part of the Ten Commandments. They had to work for six days and rest for one. 
And in doing so, they had to be organized. They had to gather enough on the sixth day to last them for that day and the seventh day too. See, the Sabbath is about remembering the faithfulness of God, remembering who he is and what he has done. It's about rest, not work, and it's about worship. You know, there's a number of different religious groups to this day that practice the Sabbath in this way, and the Jewish are one of them. In their culture, they practice the Sabbath from sundown Friday until sundown Saturday. There are strict rules that they have to follow as they uh, adhere to the Sabbath. There is no work to happen in this time. And they need to prepare for the Sabbath each and every week. They need to be ready for it because there are rules for them to follow when they take it. Now, I went to school with a friend whose family strictly observed the Sabbath. They weren't Jewish, but they had a, uh, a Christian faith, and the Sabbath was a really key part of that faith for them. And I remember her telling me about this at school. See, her family all day Sunday, from the moment they woke up Sunday to the moment they went to bed, were not allowed to work in any way. They'd get up Sunday morning, they'd go to church as a family, they'd come home, and then they were to Sabbath. They rested. Now, on the one hand, I remember my friend telling me about uh, this practice. We talk about God and how we live out our faith, and there were some differences in the way we did that. But I remember being so intrigued about the way that her family observed the Sabbath. See, they weren't allowed to work. They weren't allowed to go, go, go get food shopping if they needed food. I was like, what if you need a loaf of bread? Not allowed to go and buy one. They weren't allowed to put petrol in their car on a Sunday. They weren't allowed to uh, open their emails and do any kind of work. And I remember being so challenged by this idea, but I also thought at the same time that it was a gift. See, my friend also wasn't allowed to do any homework on the Sabbath. There was no study. She wasn't allowed to, uh, to study for an exam, to write an assignment. And I was like, that sounds amazing. Imagine for a whole day, every week, your parents weren't on your back about cleaning your room or studying. Like, that sounds like a gift. But the truth is, she had to prepare for it. It meant that if she needed to do her homework or study for an exam, she had to do it in another time other than on a Sunday. She had to prepare for the Sabbath. She had to make sure her room was clean, that her chores were done for the week. See, the Sabbath took planning and preparation, but on it was an opportunity for her family to gather, to enjoy uh, playing board games together, to not have uh, an agenda of work that they needed to do, to not be running off doing chores, but to enjoy each other's company. They'd go for a walk around the park and admire God's creation together. They'd do a devotion together as a family and worship God in different ways. See, to practice the Sabbath, there's planning involved. The Sabbath is a day to stop and cease from work and a day to rest. We read in Genesis about how God weaves this day of rest into the fabric of creation. And then in Exodus, we read about how he institutes it as law for the people of Israel to observe. So what does it look like for us in 2022 to Sabbath? What does it look like for us to set aside time where we too stop and cease from work? 
where we rest, we worship, and we delight in God. A.J. Swoboda, in his book, Subversive Sabbath, says to keep a Sabbath is to give time and space on our calendar to the grace of God. You got that time and space in your calendar. Now, this fourth commandment is the only one of the 10 not mentioned in the New Testament. And because of Jesus, we are no longer under the Torah. But that doesn't mean that we should forget this practice, this gift of a Sabbath which was woven into creation. Thanks to Jesus, the strict observance of the Sabbath has been replaced with the Lord's day and we no longer abound from sundown one day to sundown the next. But I believe that there is so much for us to learn from the Sabbath. And it's a practice that we too can make part of our rhythm. We live in a culture of fast-paced work. We ourselves and those around us are exhausted, overworked, anxious. So what does it look like to take this practice on board? I believe practically there are two things we need to do if we want to instill a Sabbath into our week. Firstly, we need to plan for it. We need to make a plan. The people of Israel did this. They collected enough manna on the sixth day to last for that day and the next They planned ahead. They did in six days what needed to be done so that they could rest on the seventh. If we're going to instill a habit of Sabbath into our lives, we need to plan for it. We need to think ahead. We need to actively look at our calendar, ensure the chores and the housework are done at other times. We need to turn off the work emails and close the laptop. We need to plan for how we might use that time and ensure that we protect it from the work that we have to do. As I've been preparing for this message, I've been personally challenged by what it looks like to take a Sabbath in my own life, to not just claim that I tick the box because I've attended church on a Sunday, but what would it look like in my own life if I set time aside in my calendar to rest, to worship, to set aside work and just be with God. If I do this, I need to plan for it. It might be an hour, it might be an afternoon, it could be a whole day, but I need to plan for it. You know, we can think of the Sabbath like a special holiday, like Christmas, Easter, even Mother's Day today. You know, you don't just wake up on Christmas morning and think, okay, what am I going to do today? No, you've been planning for it. You buy the presents for the people you know you have to gift them to. You've got to wrap the presents. You have conversations with your family or your friends about whose house, who's hosting Christmas this year. What food do I need to bring? You've got to make sure you've got all of that ready. You've got to plan for this day. It's the same as the Sabbath for us, we need to plan and prepare for it so that we can enjoy all that it is created to be. Now, when I think about instilling a Sabbath into my calendar, I'm challenged that I probably am not going to be able to start by putting a whole day aside. You know, when you run a marathon, you have to train for it. I couldn't just turn up at the Gold Coast Marathon in July and uh, just say, hey, I'm here to run, let's see how I go. I'm gonna be 
39 weeks pregnant then, so that wouldn't <laughs> be good for anybody's health, uh, mine or the baby's. But it's true, I wouldn't be able to just run a marathon without training for it. We've got to build the muscles up, and it's the same with the Sabbath. We need to set time aside. Maybe it is just an hour in your week. Maybe after a couple of weeks of doing an hour, it turns into an afternoon or a morning. Maybe then it becomes a whole day. We need to plan for the Sabbath. And secondly, we need to filter what we do. What are we going to do with the time that we set aside? If we put it in our calendar, what are we going to do with it? And I believe that we need to put it through this filter. And it's going to look different for each of us because the answers to these questions are going to be different for each of us. But I believe we need to ask ourselves, is it rest and is it worship? Are the things that we plan on doing rest? Are they going to help renew us? And are they worship? Do they allow us to spend time worshiping and delighting in God and his creation? And that doesn't mean that you need to, you know, sit on your couch at home and turn on a worship Spotify playlist and sing along for an hour and tick the box of Sabbath. Worship is so much more than just singing praises to God. You know, for some, worship might look different to that, but worship is about giving glory and honor to God. So what does it look like for you to use that time that you set aside to bring glory and honor to God? Maybe it's a walk in creation. There are some beautiful things that God has created in the Redlands that you can walk through and just enjoy the oceans and the trees and the birds and all of the things that he has created. Maybe it's a day by the beach, a coffee with a friend, playing with your kids or your family in the backyard, board games with friends, a nap in the sun, time spent playing an instrument or getting creative by painting. What would it look like to do those things with the phone on Do Not Disturb without stopping to hang out another load of laundry or to clean up something or even study for that exam? See, when we do these things in the spirit of gratitude, letting the goodness of your life conjure up an awareness of God and a deep love for him, then rest becomes worship. If we're going to remember the Sabbath as the fourth commandment instructs, we need to plan for it and we need to filter what we do because we can easily get in the habit of mixing work in with all of this. And work doesn't necessarily mean the job that you do. I know a bunch of you may not even have a job and you're in school, but that doesn't, we can kind of pile all of those things into work, but there's also so much more that can sit in this work that distracts us from what God is wanting to do in us as we rest with him. You know, we can easily get in the habit of mixing in work, of checking emails, of paying those bills, of doing that chore, of scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. John Mark Comer in his book, Garden City, says this quote, which I think is a bit of a slap in the face. You can skip the Sabbath. It's not sin, it's just stupid. You can eat concrete. It's not sin, it's just dumb. True, right? Like none of us are gonna you know, go out there and expect concrete on the menu tonight. It's just dumb to eat that. It's not a sin, it's just silly. It's the same with the Sabbath. You, know, you can skip the Sabbath, it's not sin, it's just stupid. God created the Sabbath. He knew the importance of rest 
and of work and how beautifully the two can be together. So much so that he made it law for the people of Israel. Imagine what our weeks would look like if we designated time for work and we planned ahead to rest, to Sabbath. I know when I have a holiday planned, it's something that I look forward to. When work's tough or study's building up, I've got that holiday in mind that I can think ahead and I can think, oh, that's right, in six weeks, we're going to the beach. It's gonna be great. You know, you count down towards it. You look forward to it. You get excited about it. The Sabbath is the same. It's something that we can look forward to in our week. We know that there is planned time for us to stop to cease work and to just rest. See, the Sabbath reminds us that it's not all about us, that our work isn't the be all and end all. And it teaches us that we don't work to please God. Instead, we rest because God is already pleased with the work He has accomplished in us. We're invited to rest God instituted rest into the very fabric of creation. He created the Sabbath and He invites us into the practice of rest and worship. Jesus too invites us to rest, to come before Him with the things that are weighing heavy on us and to find rest in Him. To rest in God and to rest with God. That is what the Sabbath is. It's a gift. We need to plan for it and we need to filter what we do with our time in it to make the most of it. So how will you Sabbath this week? I wanna encourage you to get really practical. If you've got your phone with you right now, I want you to grab it out. Don't get distracted by the notifications that might be uh, sitting there. If you've already been on your phone, you'll already know what notifications have come through. But I encourage you to open up a reminder app or a to-do list app and to put in it a reminder to plan a Sabbath. You might be able to set it so that you get a notification tomorrow. And I want you to spend time in your calendar figuring out when that Sabbath's gonna fit. Maybe you need to go home tonight and reflect on what a Sabbath could look like for you. But I want you to put a reminder in your phone. Open the reminder app. I know how annoying it is because it doesn't go away until you <laughs> click on it. So once you set it for a day this week, uh, as a reminder, it'll be there until you do something about it. Write in, plan a Sabbath. Like I said, a Sabbath for you might be an hour. You open your calendar you plan out an hour where you are going to Sabbath, where you're gonna rest and worship. Maybe you wanna set aside an afternoon. Maybe it's a whole day. Maybe you need to plan a trip by the water. You need to catch up with some friends that you know will bring you joy as you spend time with them. Once you've done that, I encourage you to put your phone back away. I hope we're challenged tonight to do something practical about this because I know that as I've been preparing this message, that's exactly what I've been challenged to do, to work out what a Sabbath looks like in my life because I know how exhausted and overwhelmed I get when I am working all of the time. 
not necessarily on just the job that I'm paid to do, but on all of the other things that come up in life. If I just classify rest as making sure I sleep at night or making sure I lie on the couch and watch some Netflix, then I'm not truly gaining the benefit and the gift that is the Sabbath that God has created for us. Once you've done that, I encourage you to stand. We are uh, gonna finish by worshiping before we enjoy that delicious food. So jump to your feet. As I said, part of the Sabbath is about worshiping our good God. And we're gonna do that through song tonight. We're gonna sing a, a song that talks about the greatness of our God, His goodness in our lives. And as we sing, I encourage you just to worship Him, to find rest in Him. See, in, uh, in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus gives us an invitation to rest. This is what it says. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. As we worship God, as we praise Him and thank Him for all that He is, for all that He has created, I encourage you if there's stuff that's going on in your life where you feel burdened or like it's weighing you down, I encourage you to bring those things before Jesus because He cares for you. He wants you to spend that time with Him tonight. You might do that by kneeling. You might want to just pray and bring those things to mind before God, but know that we can find rest in Jesus at any time. It's an invitation to that 24 seven. We don't have to save it up for this Sabbath that we put in as important as it is to instill that in our lives. But I encourage you as we worship tonight, if you need to bring those things before God. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the gift of the Sabbath. I thank you for uh, this gift that you demonstrated in creation and this gift that you then instilled into law for the Israelite people. God, I pray tonight that we will have been, or our hearts will have been challenged at this idea of what it looks like to work and to rest, to have time that we put aside to delight in your creation, to delight in the work that you have done, to just be with you, to rest and have our souls renewed. We honor you in this place tonight, God. We praise you in this place. And God, we just come before you. We lay at the foot of the cross the things that might be weighing us down, maybe that have distracted us from being able to, to rest or to Sabbath. Maybe the things that are, are causing some of the anxiety that we feel or the exhaustion that we might be walking through life with. Jesus, I just pray that as we bring those things before you, that you would give us rest in this place tonight. We worship you for who you are and all that you are. and We thank you for the way that you are at work in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's worship together. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. 
please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.